Hello, Magic Voice. Are you ready to do another collection? I suppose so, Conrad. Can I say more than the dates this time? No, I think the dates will just be fine. Why do you ask? Well, I've been reading this comic called Return to Armageddon, and there's this character in it called Seeker. Uh-oh. Time for some emergency reprogramming. Start the show! Borak Thung, Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by all that other stuff. All aboard! It's a freak that can't be killed! And time for some Thrill Inception as we head back to November 1980 as we return to Return to Armageddon. After the big 2080 relaunch in Prague 178, which saw the launch of Meltdown Man, Mean Arena, Dash Decent, and the second Nemesis the Warlock story, Return to Armageddon joined the Prague in 185 and ran until Prague 218, right around the end of Portrait of a Mutant. Unlike many of the stories we've seen so far, Return to Armageddon has a very specific creative team with author Malcolm Shaw and artists Jesus Redondo and Johnny Johnstone, with Johnstone doing just two episodes in the middle of the story and Bill Nuttall doing the lettering. So, we've all had times in our life where we found ourselves in fairly generic sci-fi settings, exploring new life and new civilizations and all that stuff. But what happens if, instead of just finding some more dudes with weird ears and weird foreheads, we found a planet covered in ice, full of dead people and literal demons float frozen in the glaciers? What if your story about the machinations of space pirates suddenly runs afoul of zombies and demonic babies? What if your story about being the handsome chosen one to, um, in a battle of galactic fate gets sidetracked and instead you find yourself irreparably scarred and wishing for a death that cannot come, your only companion, an antisocial robot that is actually pretty cool with helping other robots kill all humans? Well, basically, you'd find yourself in the middle of Return to Armageddon. The opening parts of the story defy convention and predictability and seem dedicated to keeping the reader guessing about how the story will go. It's full of twists and turns, and there's nothing like it in 2000 AD, at least until two-thirds of the way through, when it turns into kind of a fairly standard magic sword dude story. I talk a lot about the ridiculous story of Return to Armageddon, uh, but Jesus Redondo's art is also a key part of the comic, equally depicting the technological and fantastic elements of the story in a beautiful and sometimes incredibly ugly fashion. Return to Armageddon both starts and ends with a Future Shock-style joke, so get your air horns ready, and let's get to it! Episode 57. Progs 184-188. to November 1980. Thrill 5. Return to Armageddon. This is uh, awesome. Script robot Malcolm, Malcolm Shaw, art robot Jesus Redondo, learning robot Bill Nuttall. So, so Fox, the first time I read through uh, like 2000 AD and stuff, I got, you know, about a thousand progs in. I remember rushing through this story initially, not really paying attention to it. Oh, 
man. And thus not having a lot of context when this story starts <laughs> getting real crazy. So um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited to give it a close look now. So it is awesome. <laughs> the Prairie Drifter, it's a big spaceship. It's carrying colonists that are like a bunch of religious fanatics, I guess, called the called the Whalers. Like W-A-I-L-E-R-S. Things are going cool until suddenly a ship appears out of nowhere and all appears to smash into them. But the oh ship is God. actually a copy of the Prairie Drifter and there isn't actually an impact when they hit. Instead, suddenly all the stars have disappeared from the sky. What? <laughs> now all, big old snowflakes. Yeah, now all there is in space, yeah, there's a bunch of giant metal snow, uh, space snowflakes. And a strange ice-covered planet with a sulfur-filled atmosphere. Not a great place. Mm. The whalers are freaking out by this turn of events, much to the chagrin of ship captain Atlanta Watts. Watts sends crewman Celis and a team on an away mission to check the planet out, Star Trek style. They find Pretty boy Celis. Oh yeah, <laughs> they find millions of dead bodies all suffering from horrible burns frozen into the icy surface of the planet. Super great. Let's stay here, guys, right? Yeah. Let's look around, or maybe we should just fucking leave. It'd be pretty horrifying, especially when they uh, even if they didn't find out that some of the bodies aren't human, but in fact are pretty clearly the bodies of devil men. Whoa! Not a great idea to also pick them up and take them with you. Deciding it's time to make some money on this adventure, Watts has the team dig up the biggest devil man corpse and bring it on board with them, much to the shock and horror of the whalers. Which, again, what the fuck? Watts is just blinded by dollar signs instead of seeing devils, and as the whalers threaten a mutiny, the prairie drifter heads off with its devilish prize. As they leave, they seem to collide with a copy of the drifter, and then they just sort of warp back into regular space, stars back in the sky, everything seems normal. Who knows what just happened? Yeah, who cares, because I'm a nutso doctor, and I found some liver that yeah. I can clone. In the science lab, a lab assistant finds out that some of the cells are still alive in the demon's liver. Head Dr. Craven decides to clone the monster, and when the assi lab assistant objects, Craven just frickin' disintegrates him with a blaster. And another disintegration locked. <laughs> After asked to explain himself, Craven makes up a story about the lab assistant going berserk. Captain Watts isn't too worried about it, though, because he just, again, sees the money he can make by displaying a devil alien sort of back Which, on Earth. Great. The whalers are going nuts, though. They're rioting unless the body is destroyed. Watts has Dr. Craven make a copy of the body as a ruse to fool the whalers. Meanwhile, Craven just decides to freaking make some clones of the monster. He's going to make two. I get For some reason, he knows one will be good and one will be evil. I'm not sure how he knows that will be the case, but he just does it. Um, I feel like it's like a... I mean, uh, I know Dead it's, space meets event horizon situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just like he says, I'll make two for safekeeping or something like that. But no, he says I'll make two, and one will be good, and one will be evil. It's not clear why that would happen from a demon demon body. Like uh, that's actually in any time you clone something. Yeah, not, one I mean, is evil and one is good. That's definitely the convention of the form. I'm just saying that I could use a little bit more explanation for it. Anyhow, um, oh, I just mean that's clearly yeah. the science of it. Absolutely. Okay, that's fair. I forgot about the about, about the convex nature of twins. Um, 
<laughs> After 12 hours, the copy is made and a bait and switch is done to make the whalers think it's been shot out of the airlock. Meanwhile, in the science bay, the crew finds the burnt up and destroyed body of Dr. Craven, which is disintegration number three, along with two babies, a regular blonde one, and a brunette devil babies with horns, a tail, and goat legs. I wonder which ones is the, the bad one. Hey, did I mention that the devil, va- de- devil baby also has huge bat wings, Fox? Because it totally does! Oh my god! <laughs> it attacks one of the crew members, killing him and, discrim- and disintegrating him really grossly instantly. <laughs> the, uh, the troopers grab the normal, grab the blonde kid, and they blast the demon kid with their stunners, but it just absorbs the energy. We gotta get out of here! They like, <laughs> alright. This is getting weird. They escape the room and remark on the fact that there's one good baby and one evil one, and then watch <laughs> in horror as the de- as the devil baby morphs into a regular brunette human baby. Which one's Damien? I well, think it's that one. Well, this makes them worried that the good baby might have already gone through this process <laughs> and could just be a devil baby in disguise. So huh. they, they they toss so they ditch both those babies in the lab and they <laughs> run up to the command room to pump the lab full of sleep gas. The uh, okay. the tech who oh, I guess is gas. The uh, the tech guy who I guess just sits at the at the big gas pumping station <laughs> on board the ship is is about to press the button, but he doesn't. He feels some force preventing him from doing so. Some other guy comes and says, I'll press that button and gas those kids. But when he <laughs> does, the uh, the circuit, the uh, the command board, like, so- shorts out and electrocutes this guy, causing him to go up in flame, instantly killing him. Which one, is... Uh, uh, one more disintegration. Yet another one, yeah. What's going on here, dude? I don't know. This is what happens when you're trying to scratch off that weird item on your bucket list, which is gassing children. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyhow, next episode, they've disappeared. Well, that doesn't bode well. Return to Armageddon is so delightfully batshit insane, dude. (laughs) All this... So, this is the Wolfie Smith I wanted, right? (laughs) It's just so weird, dude, and, um... Jesus Redondo's art is really amazing too. Like just making all these guys really detailed and all the disintegrations really messy and gross and just like, ah, it's so crazy. It's so like singular as well. It's like nothing else we've seen so far. Also before Event Horizon and shit like that. Like this is, it's a good story. Yeah. I think, yeah. And it's just going to get, get more ridiculous. I can't stress it enough. Get aboard the return to melting people is amazing. Absolutely, yeah. Get aboard the return to Armageddon train, which is a joke that's going to make sense in like three episodes. Anyhow, um, (laughs) okay. Episode fifty-eight, Progs one hundred eighty-nine to one hundred ninety-two, December nineteen eighty. Thrill six, return to Armageddon. Script robot Malkin Shaw, art robot Jesus Redondo, letter robot Bill Noddle. 
Oh man, return to Armageddon. It's so crazy. Dude, the best is yet to come, and baby, um, won't it be fine? A crewman has died trying to sleep gas those clone devil babies, and <laughs> now the babies themselves have disappeared, and now again the dead crewman has come back to life. So first oh we got oh my sp- god, it's a zombo. First we got space de- devils, then we got space zombies. It's not a zombo, Fox. That's a completely different 2000 AD thing, and you'll freak people out. Anyhow. Oh my god. <laughs> Real. Anyway, that's not for like twenty years. Don't worry about it. Just keep coming. No, this ain't John Romero weak ass zombies. You have to disassemble these motherfuckers. Yeah, you you hit these things in the head. All you see is that they don't got brains in their heads anymore. They keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, zombies. And now they're just everybody that's been killed by the by those by those devil kids so far, which is a fair amount of people, <laughs> come to life and are now space zombies. They're all over the ship. They're infecting the whalers and the and the ship guards and they're just basically unstoppable there's only so beautiful one thing ship captain atlanta watts can do and that's jettison the part of the ship with the devils and zombies in it and blast it from space so one third of like this ship has now jettisoned itself to just be left to die yeah because the ship's basically like a big triangle with like spheres on the points of each triangle so they've jettisoned one of the spheres so awesome. The jettisoning goes right, but when they try to blast it, the ship's weapons fuse together in one piece and can't fire. So and fuck if someone else is going to walk over and be like, I'll do it, you dang dog. Well, they're in deep space. There's no one to do it. Like, their ship's guns are broken. They don't work anymore. Oh, I, I just mean the last time somebody decided to try and touch a computer console when it wasn't working just yeah, died. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Atlanta Watts is like, well, we've done hard part. Like, it's someone else's problems now. Let's get out of here. <laughs> So, soon afterwards, the sphere is found by a bunch of no-good space pirates with names like Havoc and Dogface and Gator and stuff. They sweep the ship and seemingly, and all seems well until they find, like, a huge horde of goddamn space zombies, dude! <laughs> it's a lot of space zombies. Yeah. This whole place is space zombies. Standard zombie fighting stuff happens here. If you've kind of seen zombie movies, you know what it's like when the military guys meet the zombies for the first time and get their ass kicked. It's, it's, it's that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Except this time they find two babies. Yeah, well, they escape, and as they're making their escape, they come into a... Into a they pass an open door to a room, crawling with a carpet of disembodied hands, and on the table it's, above it are the two devil babies. Which I guess, hey, why not? It's pretty terrifying, but the pirate leader Havoc recalls some kind of prophecy he's heard. The dead will give you two sons. That's what the old woman foretold. Havoc rushes out to grab the kids, but is seemingly grabbed in a sea of hands. Oh, fuck, this is not looking great. <laughs> Attacked by the hands, all seems lost for the pirate. But Havoc and Snakebite, who is one of the pirates who has living hair and stuff, sort of struggle living against... Living hair that is snakes. Yeah, living snake hair, that's right. They struggle against the hands, and then they knock over the table with the kids in it, and the hands stop. Havoc grabs the kids, and the hands part for him like the Red Sea in front of him. And so do the zombies. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, the blonde kid is crying while the brunette kid is calm. Just FYI. The pirates talk about that prophecy and what's left of them scram from the sphere. 
Okay. The, and the, then they blow it the fuck up. Yeah, well, they're like, that place is full of zombies, dude. We can't just leave it there. What if a kid finds it? So <laughs> they manage to blow up the sphere as the brunette kid sort of sm- Actually, basically every time you get to the end of one of these Return to Armageddon strips, just assume that something bad happens and the kid is in the, and the, and the brunette kid is in the bottom of the page just sort of smirking about it. <laughs> Yeah, there's some Damien going on here. I mean, he was literally a demon. He had, like, goat legs and wings and stuff. Anyhow. (laughs) At the pirate base, Havoc, the pirate leader, sort of flies in with nothing to show for his trip, and he gets challenged for control of the pirate gang. But as this happens, his attackers have their eyes instantly burned out. Another one. Sometimes, I guess, you just have your eyes suddenly burned out. Another one tries to shoot him, but his gun explodes in his hands, but it doesn't kill him. He just lies on the ground, writhing in flame. They can't put the flames out, and he won't die. (laughs) Holy crap! So, hey... Yo. You thought that this was really awesome, and you're like, wow, this has really been ramping up in intensity. What happens next, Conrad? Well, I just want to mention first of all that, that the pirates are aware that weird stuff is happening and that it's related to these haunted to these haunted ass kids that they found. There's and no like, oh, what a coincidence! What could be going on? <laughs> one of them siding with it, the other one's not, but mostly mm-hmm. they're fine. Yeah. Also, I want to say that um, Jesus Redondo drawing all these pirates in their different costumes and settings and stuff, it's really be- its really awesome. Like, the art so, here is fantastic. Exactly. And again, like, I didn't know where this was going. I didn't know that it was going to go full Total Recall. I didn't know how cool everything was about to get. And then, like, so all those pirates are cool. You know what's cooler than that? Then they go see the old woman that gave the prophecy, and oh my god. (laughs) We we start by seeing through the old woman's eyes, which are faceted bug eyes, basically. But then we finally see her. She's enormously fat, like an actual, like not like, oh, that's a fat dude, but like an actual mountain that's like a person. That's, a, that's like a big fat person it's with amazing. like six with like three pairs of wings coming back coming off her back yeah. she's like this giant fat old mount giant giant woman basically it's ridiculous and i guess see the future tell fortune yeah do prophecies She explains that while the blonde baby is just a regular human the brunette baby is the destroyer With his help, Havoc will get fat and rich, conquer and rule planets, but also bring fire, pestilence, and everlasting torment, the stench of death, through the galaxies to infinity! Sick, so he's a necromonger. Apparently for 30,000 years, something called the Triads have fought the Destroyer, but now the old woman is the only one left, and she is dying, while the Destroyer has a whole new life, because he's a damn devil baby. If this is, like, where the Chronicles of Riddick got part of its story, I'd be pretty happy. It's so much from everything. Um, So, Havoc, because he's making good decisions with his life right now, decides (laughs) that all that stuff is lies. Why would I believe this giant space woman about her thing after I've seen all these space zombies and various murders? Instead, he's going to just use some advanced technology to force the Destroyer to grow up faster and become an adult in a matter of hours. What's the worst that could happen? 
as the destroyer looks at the camera with a smirk like I'm the worst that could happen. Next time on Return to Armageddon, disaster! You don't think. Episode 60. Progs 193 to 197. January 1981. Thrill 5. Return to Armageddon. <laughs> Script robot is Malcolm Shaw. Art robot has Os Redondo. Lettering robot Bill Nuttall. Okay, so Havoc, the space pirate leader, he's tired of these devil babies being babies, Fox. So let's toss them into these energy cell things and make them grow up real fast. Uh, stop being babies, babies. Yeah, exactly. We also see the the eyes of that giant triad lady, which, if you're reading this, you should avoid looking at those if you got that uh, tripopophobia thing, where, like, you... Because they look like just, like, lotus pods just inside this lady's head. Gross. Yeah. The kids are tossed in the pods, and the pirates have a party, except for the one named Shadow, who's very nervous about all this stuff. It turns out he's right, because when everybody wakes up from the party, they find that the planet is completely drained of life. All of the plants, animals, people, everything, all just sucked away. It's a barren wasteland that's rapidly having earthquakes and stuff. Like ridiculous when you find out why. Even the members of the pirates suddenly start to be drained and just collapse into spent husks of former human beings. Only like, of like the 50 dudes that were at the pirate party, only like four or five of them are alive to return to the triad lady to learn that all the life energy of the planet has been drained to power the coming of the Destroyer! He comes out of the pod a full-grown devil man. De- Death has been reborn! It's uh, it's a really great way to get me excited about this man. This guy's just full-on goat legs, wings, and horns, devil man. He's got, <laughs> he got earrings somehow. Where did he get earrings? I don't know. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> Havoc tries to play it tough. With the full power destroyer, like not kneeling to his demands and stuff, the destroyer responds by having the insides of Havoc bot of Havoc's body just become like worms that are eating him alive, just coming out of his skin, like ah, I'm full of worms. And then another guy snake bite, who's covered in tattoos, and makes his tattoos like come alive and start attacking him and stuff. So the pirates uh, bow to the, the destroyer's will. And we're told that the other devil baby destro- uh, died in the energy seal. It's a bummer, but hey, whatever. It's time to destroy the galaxy. Autobots roll out. Armageddon is at hand. Oh my god. But it turns out that... Don't worry, I guess we're going to birth us a, a good guy. Yeah, that was a lie, Fox. Because the blonde baby is alive. And comes out as a normal young man. I don't know where he got clothes either. Whatever. The, the triad tells him that... <laughs> He's the only hope against the Destroyer, and, um, yeah, he's the only hope about the Destroyer, and he's about to head out when Braun, who, I remember, if you remember last time, like, one of the guys that questioned Havoc, like, caught on fire and wouldn't die and just kept burning forever? Oh my god, he's still around. He's apparently been burning over the last day or so. Um, just engulfed in flames and not dying. So he he picks his burning, like, corpse up and runs off to tell the story about this burned kids. So hopefully he can get his flames put out. (laughs) Um, so the triad gives the blonde kid two things. One is a belt that'll let him jump back ten seconds in time. And his name, Amtrak! (laughs) 
All aboard for discount train prices. I mean, this comes from um, one of the 2080.org um, summaries of Return to Armageddon, but this is basically like if there was in a, if if there, if there was an American comic where there was a character named British Rail because <laughs> because Amtrak is just the name of like the government funded like train system in the United States. Like if you take yep. a passenger train in the U.S., that's an Amtrak train. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's hard not to laugh and make train puns whenever I say his name, Fox. I'm trying not to. <sighs> but I'm um, gonna come equipped next time. What? I'm coming equipped with train jokes next time. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the the triad orders Amtrak to find the stones of eternity to take down the destroyer, and apparently Atlanta Watts, the ship captain from the first part of this story, has them but doesn't know what they are. Meanwhile, Braun has informed on Amtrak, and in response, the destroyer allows him to finally die from the flames that have engulfing him. <laughs> and wow, great! In a fit of rage, the destroyer destroys the triad, or sorry, he turns the triad to stone and then shatters her as Amtrak makes his escape in a stolen ship. But instead of a ch- of chase him, the destroyer just sends some evil energy at Amtrak, which causes him just to fucking melt in a horrifying into a horrifying melt man monster. Like take Toxic Avenger, multiply it by that dude from RoboCop, and just oh. and then like just add some soup, and you got what Amtrak looks like now. Oh, it's just We're he's disgusting. just a gross melty man. But wait, Foxy's got that belt. He, uh, he goes back in time 10 seconds and manages to dodge the destroyer's attack. Non-melted. Nice. But uh, it looks like the destroyer had two of those attacks lined up, so Amtrak gets remelted. Not super great. <laughs> He's adrift in a stolen pirate ship, a melting, super gross being in constant pain, longing for death. A a passing ship picks up Amtrak's vehicle, neutralizes it, and then sends this scout sphere thing to investigate. The Which sp- is awesome. It's totally. The sphere finds Amtrak and tries to put him out of his misery. Extermination complete. Or so it seems, because in fact, Amtrak's body is healing itself. He can't be killed or even really, like, injured. His body just returns, no matter what you do, his body just returns to its baseline, complete melty agony state. <laughs> um, he, he, he's been picked up by robots, um, and they're intrigued by his situation, which is rough because they're robots that are like collector bots. They've been traveling the galaxy for 500,000 years, picking up specimens for their masters, which are obviously now long dead. Um, Amtrak is nearly put into a suspended animation tube for all time, but he manages to convince the bots to give him a ship and a robot helper, which he can use to stop the destroyer. We've got to hurry because every minute of agony, it was every minute is agony to Amtrak at another step nearer, Armageddon. Oh my god. The horror continues next episode. You just never know where this damn thing's going. You can't, it's like it's like, it's like putting your thumb over the end of a hose. Like, it's just, it goes every which way it can. <laughs> like, you can't predict it. It's amazing. Cause like, cause like, this is another one where, um, <laughs> I thought, for sure, that ten second belt... <laughs> was going to yeah. un- undo this and he'd be fine like you know he's melting like okay yeah but he's got the belt but then he gets hit again and he's remelted and it's like dude you remelted him 
<laughs> That's just what he is. It's just gonna be a melt. This is like just star in a melty guy. <laughs> What's happening? It's horrible. <laughs> it's so good. Episode sixty-one, Progs one hundred and ninety-eight to two hundred and one, February nineteen eighty-one. Thrill three. Return to Armageddon. Oh my god. <laughs> Script robot for Return to Armageddon, Malcolm Shaw, Art Robot, Jesus Redondo, Lettering Robots, Ta- Tony Jacob, and Bill Nuttall. I don't think I'm ever going to guess where this comic goes. Uh, anyone who anyone who successfully guesses what's going to happen in a month of in a month of Return to Armageddon <laughs> is like a, a fool is like a liar or a madman basically. It's so true. God, I love Anyway, Let's let's jump into this. The story's so good, guys. Indeed. All right, so Melty Hero Amtrak and his robot buddy Seeker. <laughs> They're on the hunt to stop the destroyer. First they have to find Alabama Watts, who knows the location of the Stones of Eternity. The- if we recall, Alabama Watts is a complete jerkwad who just kind of wants to bribe his way up the military channel. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the captain of the ship from the very start of this story. Mm-hmm. So, the pair head for Earth, but are stopped by a custom ship. Our heroes try to avoid it and enter Earth's atmosphere, but the customs guys give chase, quickly shooting them down. The customs guys... I think that's the point, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's why you have a custom ship in the first place. They investigate the wreckage and discover that despite his melty form and multiple crashes and shootings, of course, that Amtrak can't die. Well, they tried to give him, like, uh, the sweet release of death, and they're just like, oh, he's it's, all goopy and it's, coming back to life. It's definitely the second time Amtrak has been mercy-killed in the course of this comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. Yeah. But hey, guess what? The guy who shot him, it's Atlanta Watts. That's right. Yeah, well, they, they <laughs> he, uh, he also decides that, hey, I can, this guy's a freak. I can sell this freak to uh, make some money and stuff. Or my oh name my isn't Atlanta Watts. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to make money, and I'm going to make a lot of money and buy myself a sweet position, and it's going to be great because I'll have bought it. And that means that I'll have it, I guess. Yeah, it's very, like, the future, this is very, like, sort of, I don't know, in, uh, in like, Horatio Hornblower, like that sort of Napoleonic era Britain stuff. Uh, officers' yeah. commissions were often purchased by rich folks. And so this is sort of a futuristic version of it. That's very kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's like, oh, I love this goddamn comic. <laughs> yeah, but so it looks like Watts didn't make that much from the body of that destroyer clone or like the corpse of that destroyer uh, thing mm-hmm. they found at the start of the comic, but figures that a man can't, that can't die can make much more over the objections of his second-in-command, uh, Celis. They net up Amtrak and take him to the circus. As what else are you going to do with the goopy man? You ain't going to touch him. <laughs> no, you got to net that guy. As as Amtrak's robot pal Seeker rises from the wreckage, missing an arm. Watts sells Amtrak's to this guy Trapper, a big fat owner of the circus, for a ton of money. He's so awesome. Trapper's kind he of a, like he is exactly the kind of villain you expect to be running a freak circus. <laughs> he's a very kind of Sydney Green Street kind of look to him, if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. So Amtrak is horrified to learn that the man he was looking for has sold him into slavery and that now he's a sideshow attraction. Meanwhile, Watts is contacted by our space pirate buddy Havoc on orders from the Destroyer, which is not that good. (laughs) 
no, they're definitely going to try and go and kill him. Mm -hmm. So Amtrak becomes the star of the circus as we test the limits of his ability to recover from death. Whoa, buddy. It is super gross, but kind of amazing. (laughs) It's... It is amazing how many people are just lined up and like, I want to kill him next. No, I want to kill him. Tarnation, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to blast him into a thousand bits. And then he, he, but then he's regrowing from those thousand bits. Oh my golly. They napalm him for God's sake. It's true. A guy with a flamethrower napalms him. This is a very, very, very southern part of the future. That return to Armageddon is taking place in the suddenly. so amazing. So, meanwhile, Watts and Celis meet in Watts' bedroom to talk strategy about the meeting of Havoc, which seems interesting. (laughs) Um, I'm getting some coded things from these guys' relationship. I'm not sure. You know, look, Celis is, like, definitely, you know, like, bottom. Let's let's move on. That night, the other freaks, (laughs) jealous of Amtrak's huge popularity, kidnap him and then take him to a building site, encasing him in cement. He's stuck Which in a. Is horrible. It's te- yeah, no, these because he's not going to die in there. He's going to be in that rock for the rest of his life. They're just like we're not going to lose our jobs because of this weird, gross, sticky man. Yeah, hey, definitely. Yeah, these guys are all. They got a couple heads or like a bird guy and stuff. You know, they got to keep their jobs. <laughs> Anyhow, Amtrak's stuck in a stone slab that'll be used as one of thousands of other stone slabs in the building of a building. will be there forever. Uh, T.S. Amtrak. <laughs> uh, the the freaks... Ha- so, with the freaks having trapped Amtrak in a stone slab, uh, but not before one of the, the winged guys stole his fancy time travel belt. Luckily, Seeker is on the case. He arrives at the circus. He threatens Trapper, who isn't worried at first because, of course, robots can't hurt humans. But that's only true for robots made by humans, which Seeker isn't. (laughs) Yeah, always know. Crushes his gun and he's like, "I will do this to your fucking hands." (laughs) Absolutely, all of your body. Yeah. After some quick blasting, Seeker and Trapper both learn that Amtrak is missing from his cell. And Seeker quickly recognizes Amtrak's belt on one of the freaks. They go oh, to the wow. building site. It's impossible to tell which slab Amtrak is currently in without a life tracker. But why worry about that, says Trapper, when a bunch of security robots have descended on them and will sort of settle Seeker's hash, hopefully. And I really want to know what happens next. And this is the end. And it's, I'm so upset. <laughs> next episode, The Ability to Lie. Just really exciting for me. I can't it's, wait. It's pretty good, man. Oh, man, we turned to Armageddon so crazy. It's so good. And nothing... Like, oh, circus, dude. I can't I just believe... wasn't expecting circus. I just can't believe how long Amtrak has been melty. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like in a, in a lot of stories, you'd have a guy be melty for maybe a prog or two. You know, for just a little bit, just to prove it. And then sort of return them, you know? I mean, Amtrak's yeah. not going to be melty for the whole time. I'll sort of spoil you with that, Fox. Um, but, like, they really kind of commit to him being melty for a long time. Like, more than yeah. you would more than you would think. That's what I'm trying to say. It definitely feels like um, 
like trials, right? Like mm-hmm. he's seeing the worst of a lot of things. It's true, <laughs> and he's yeah. still got to be the good guy, like the the good to balance evil sort of thing. Yeah, he's definitely suffering quite a bit for our sins, if you want to go that far. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm not going straight into allegory territory yet. Nah. But it's definitely got like a. Uh, like, uh, in order to be good, you have to, like, kind of face the worst and still be all right. Yeah. I mean, that. the allegory is there when the bad guy's literally a devil, right? So you don't, <laughs> you don't have to get too far into it. <laughs> I'm just glad his name is Amtrak and not something else with an A. The guy's name is Amtrak, dude. That's a train. Anyhow. <laughs> that is a choo-choo train. <laughs> Anyhow. That's totally a choo-choo. I don't want to bring that up all the time, but, man, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, every time I read it, man, I just think, damn, I love going to, a, like, kind of a, a dirty snack car and getting, uh, like, a Budweiser, because <laughs> that's the only beer they have and, like, maybe some assorted chips. These are weird. Sorry, crisps. Yeah, these are weird American train references. Anyhow. <laughs> Disclaimer. Episode 62. Progs 202 to 205. March 1981. Thrill 3. Return to Armageddon. <laughs> Script robot Malcolm Shaw. Art robot Jesus Redondo. Lettering robot Bill Nuttall. Robots get some cool <laughs> shit going on in this. God damn. I love robots. I don't care who knows. These robots are dope. So, security robots have arrived to arrest Seeker the Robot, Trapper the Human, and Magpie the Freak, who are at this building site thing to uh, recover the body of Amtrak. The uh, can't just be on a job site. Immortal savior, who can oh, the only one who can defeat the Destroyer, this the space demon guy. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, some hemming and hawing here, but eventually set, uh, Seeker manages to get the robots on his side by offering them the ability to lie. Oh, and I mean, as soon as they're like, wait, you can totally lie? And he's like, yeah, like, check it. Ask me my name. Then he lies about what his name is. And they're like, oh, fuck. We'll see. So we can only tell the truth. Do you mind, like, giving us that? (laughs) We can only tell the truth. And man, it's been a real pain as part of our robot resistance to kill all humans. You know? Like... (laughs) (laughs) You know, step, step two of the resistance is obviously messing with our programming to kill all humans but step one has to be being able to lie so that we can lie about whether or not we're trying to figure out how to kill all humans oh and <laughs> and keep in mind of course like the, this crazy carnival man is like what the hell did you just do do you know what's going to happen now the- like, bro bro <laughs> there's been like a jillion of these they happen to yeah. every species that makes robots. Yeah, yeah. Trapper's like Trapper, the like the one human in this situation is like you just gave them the ability to lie. Now they're gonna plot robot revolution and like kill all the humans. And Seeker's like, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm a robot man, and this is a no lose situation. Anyhow, I can't stress that this giving robots the ability to lie and thus rise up and kill all humans is a minor subplot. <laughs> That doesn't even... I don't know if he's going to be advanced that much in the course of Return to Armageddon. It's just cool. (laughs) The security robots are fitted with liar circuits, and they find and blast Amtrak out of the concrete slab he was trapped in. Amtrak is saved and gets his magic trime travel back, and he, Trapper, and the freak magpie head off to find Atlanta Watts. 
Uh, and Seeker has promised to get to a deal with Trapper and Magpie so that no one learns the secret of Robots' new ability to lie to, the, to lie about things. So ridiculous. But And, I mean, don't get too married to him, I guess. Yeah. At Watts' apartment, we find that guy Havoc and the rest of his space pirate buddies about to ambush the space captain. Oh my god, this is a serious situation. So, Atlanta Watts and his uh, good friend, Celis, arrive at their apartment to find Havoc and the Space Pirates waiting for them. They gun down Celis as Amtrak, Seeker, and the others arrive on the roof to find more more Space Pirate goons. The uh, Space Pirates immediately open fire, instantly killing both Magpie and Trapper. Uh, while Amtrak's immortal body gives Seeker cover for him to then uh, blast the bad guys to bits. Yeah, man, that's like his only friend right now. It's true. <laughs> their, their enemies dealt with. Amtrak and Seeker make their way to Atlanta Watts' place. Uh, oh, I mean, not before <laughs> Seeker just brutally murders all the guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I thought I mentioned that. Yeah, no, Seeker totally kills all these space pirates. He doesn't, he's <laughs> murder bots, fine. Uh, Dude, as, <laughs> the way he's standing, he just lifts his arm and zaps, and it's the same pose for every murder. I yeah, love it. He's very nonchalant. Well, you know, you don't have to get a pose. He's just using this hand blaster, you know? <laughs> it's a human thing to get, like, a firing position and stuff. He's a robot. As they as they go to their place, they scare just regular people as they go because Amtrak will continue to remember is a gross melty monster. Um, uh. The pair arrive just in time to see Atlanta Watts killed by Havoc and the Space Pirates run off. But Watts was the only lead to the Stones of Eternity. We're in trouble! Oh god, what are we going to do? Well, first it's cool because uh, in uh, Prague what, oh, 204, yeah. we get color pages for... Return to Armageddon, which is super cool. It's so damn awesome. But so Atlanta Watts is dead, but Amtrak remembers he has some special items in his inventory, and so he puts his time belt on Watts' corpse and and warps him back to a pre-death state. Nice. Pretty great use of the belt. Oh, yeah. But Watts will only help Amtrak if he uses the the belt to also bring back his uh, good friend, uh, Celis, like like a son to him. Which will probably require uh, quite a few, like, ten-second jumps backwards. But I guess it also, this works as well. It's not clear, like, the, the exact power of the belt in terms of just, like, how far it can jump back and how many times you can use it at once. But... You know, in this case, they just jammed it a whole bunch. And yeah, fine. Amtrak is kind of worried about it, but uh, I guess we're okay for now. With Celis restored, Watts gives up the info, basically recapping the story up until this point. Um, Amtrak decides they have to go back to the beginning, where that like there was that alternate reality with the frozen planet and stuff. Yeah. Watts is skeptical until Amtrak offers him the time belt as payment. Watts agrees over the protests of Celis, and we're off. <laughs> the new team prepares to head out as news reports come in of the planet Hadessa in the Strigian system, where the entire planet seems to be in the throes of a giant planet-wide suicidal mental breakdown. It's the destroyer at work. We gotta stop him. I mean, really, all he has to do is just unleash Shaco or something. Oh my gosh, I don't think even a giant murder bear could handle the Destroyer. (laughs) 
Watson Sellis used their customs ship that they have to illegally confiscate a ship capable of uh, traveling through to the other the other uh, dimension. And they head back to that frozen planet with the uh, giant metal snowflakes and stuff. I, I heard a thing or, um, recently, Fox, that said that this whole story might have started just as a future shock where uh, or a similar a similar pitch basically where people go to a strange planet that's frozen over and it's there's been a big apocalypse and everything's frozen and there's a de- demon in the ice and the punchline is like oh looks like hell really did freeze over bam 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 you know oh my um, god <laughs> but then they thought oh no this is actually pretty cool let's like make a whole story out of this you know good fucking job guys i like oh, you can kind of see I it, right? How yeah. They just choose their future shocks. They're I mean, just like, oh, this one's bad. This one's good. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing to think about, just in terms of the uh, how the 2000 AD creative team works and stuff like that. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, but so um, they go to the planet or the, to the dimension with the with all the stuff. The giant snowflakes seem to resemble the symbols on Amtrak's belt, and so he dons a spacesuit to investigate them. Um, as Amtrak heads out, and he takes the belt with him, of course, uh, Watts yeah. tries to shoot the snowflakes, but when the laser beams from the ship hit them, they freeze in place, and so suddenly the ship is, like, connected to the snowflake by, like, so a, awesome. a, a frozen solid laser beam thing, which, oh, okay, I guess, um, c- could these things be the stones of eternity? Uh, Amtrak enters the snowflake through a mysteriously appearing hatch. Oh, man. When he enters, he's asked his name. He responds with Amtrak, and he's hit, and suddenly he splits into two different clones of himself. This whoa, mirror image. Aboard the ship, the crew is rocked in space, and uh, since they are frozen fast to the stone, the whole ship is beginning to freeze over. Oh my god, what's gonna happen? Next episode, Icicles twice as Nasticles. That's what's gonna happen. It's the weirdest fucking name. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty bad. (laughs) Man, let me tell you something Mm -hmm. about this show that we're reading. About Return to Armageddon. (laughs) Why is this not, like, I don't know, a a made-for-80s... Uh, made uh, drawn in like france psychedelic hard horror cartoon or or why isn't this just like a show (laughs) it's so amazing well i've been i've been reading ahead of it fox and oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) whoa whoa (laughs) god i'm excited it just doesn't care but yeah, no the uh, the 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 nonchalance with which Return to Armageddon just does stuff that could be a whole story is really amazing. <laughs> it just you know, it keeps moving around totally unpredictably, but also how it does things that you'd like stories like this to do. You know, yeah. like um, instead of fighting robots, like the smart alien robot just says like, "Hey, I'm a smart alien robot. You could be like me." You know. Or like, hey, I got a belt that takes me 10 seconds in the past. What happens if I press, like, I press the button, I go 10 seconds back. But what happens if I press the button, like, 50 times? Like, how do I keep going back? Like, what happens? You know? Might as well test it on this dead guy. Yeah. I mean, no harm, no foul. No, it's a fun, it's a fun, super cool story. 
and it keeps you guessing. It's got great art and like am like they've again. I love like you know they're sort of dealing with it now, but I love how long they've kept Amtrak as this like ugly goop man. You know, it's really exactly. he's really putting in his dues as an ugly goop man. You know, you can't say otherwise. I my favorite shot is uh, from uh, two hundred five, mm-hmm. where Redondo has drawn people. Jumping off of a building and falling, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And then just a stampede of slobbering, crazy people as they run and climb all over each other. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's insanity. Yeah, it's like yeah, this is happening over mm-hmm. there. Just so you remember that this guy is a destroyer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's it's super duper awesome. Episode sixty three, progs two hundred and six to two hundred and nine. April 1981. Thrill 4. Return to Armageddon. Script robot Malcolm Shaw. Art robot Jesus Redondo. Lettering robot Bill Nuttall. Inside the Stone of Eternity, Amtrak is dividing like a cell, like a dude cell. Like a cell that divides, but it's dudes. (laughs) I'm splitting up. I'm connecting to myself. I'm getting real intimate with my uh, multiplicative... uh, Self-ideology. Exactly. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, uh, Meanwhile, as this this is happening, the ship with Seeker, Atlanta Watts, and Celis freezes over. Just full on. Hey, that thing that happened last time. Yeah, ice dudes. (laughs) As he divides, Amtrak is greeted by a voice. It's another one of those triad people. This one, Mm. a male, also named Amtrak. Or at least... Oh. He's the holographic recording of Amtrak, like, um, you know, what's his name in Superman 1? But, uh, <laughs> Marlon Brando. <laughs> you mean, uh, Pa L? Yeah. I don't know. Marlon Brando. I don't know what his yeah. name was. Det- Marlon Brandale. Yes. He says also he, looks kind of Marlon Brando-y. Yeah, it's interesting. He says he's rebuilding our Amtrak's body to once again be a regular melty person, or a regular person, no more melty horror. <laughs> the, well, and we get the reveal of, like, I'm Amtrak, I'm the original Amtrak, you aren't Amtrak, that's just your weird fucking name. Yeah. Uh, I totally was the guy who made this shit happen last time. Also, I'm going to have you stop suffering. Yeah. The triad explain. Yeah. He also explains that Amtrak is the other half of the destroyer that when the monster was created, it took half of it. it, it, it sorry. It took all of the good in its body and just tossed it into Amtrak, <laughs> which, which, all right then, which, so it's sort of like twins. That movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is all the good parts of a guy and Danny DeVito is all the <laughs> leftover parts. Um, but it means yeah. that, it means that if Amtrak kills the destroyer, he will die also. Amtrak will do it, die also. Amtrak seems pretty okay with that, though. So good times. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's going to do the good guy stuff. Exactly. Anyway, it seems like only the stones can defeat the destroyer, but they can't leave this dimension. So Amtrak will have to lure the destroyer back here to help out. He gets a sweet magic sword, the sword of the first triad. Its steel is cold. Which, you know, we'll find out more later, but yeah, I yeah. think you get the gist. Exactly. Uh, so, hey, time to return to Armageddon, buddy. But Why not? FYI, it took some time to rebuild Amtrak's body, just so you know. How long? Like 30 years or so, I guess. 
Oh. Atlanta Watts and Salas are long dead, though they did finish their lives inside a computer simulation of decadent excess, so that's cool. Yeah, it's just them being doted on by babes while they drink wine and have a lot of, like, good-looking fruit. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, fruit peeling, that's a key part of decadence. <laughs> um, yeah, some it, incense going around, incense, quote-unquote. Whoa, Amtrak and Seeker get back <laughs> on their ship, they return to Earth, and find it of all a full-blown hell. Uh, the seas are full of people burning to death in oil, while the cities are full of demon monsters. There's darkness on all sides of the Earth, the only light from burning corpses. It's just, like, really gross. It's cool, it's, man. It's definitely 100% hell. Yeah. If you weren't really sure if this guy was a devil or whatever, I yeah. mean... If the wings, horns, and goat legs didn't tip you off. <laughs> we see a line of people being led into a demon-faced volcano, whipped along by demon monsters, and Amtrak goes Why to not? investigate. This is getting sexy. Yeah. So, just to be clear, Earth is literally hell. It's ruled by demons. There's huge statues of the Destroyer <laughs> everywhere. Amtrak decides to land and check out the situation, hefting his new swords, and also just letting us know that, FYI, he's no longer immortal. Yeah. He rolls out and just starts stabbing the hell out of demons. When they're hit by the yeah, when they're hit by the swords, they're immediately encased in ice, just like uh, like a Mister Freeze gun from that Batman movie. Except a little more ineffective. I mean, it kind of takes him down. Uh, one it's of the short range. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Just just sword based. One of the humans, Eve, heads out with Amtrak. They fight their way back to the ship. They climb aboard, but some demons have boarded the ship also. And oh no, they've killed Amtrak. Oh my god, they're just beating the shit out of him. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Well, they haven't quite killed him. Instead. Eve grabs the sword and starts swinging at herself, turning various demons into demon sickles. Um, though all scratched up, things seem okay. Amtrak meets the lady a little bit better, Eve, and you know meets her a bit more formally. She explains that these demons are called Chromos, and that her people were specifically bred to feed them. Which was great. Yeah. I mean, they clearly had time to also have really great fashion sense. So. Well, you know, you gotta look good when you're going to be eaten, that's what I say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Things are going okay, but then get bad as their ship is attacked by a huge swarm of metal locusts. They start eating the ship and soon break through and attack Seeker as well. Amtrak manages to kill them, freezing Seeker in ice again as a side effect. But the ship is too damaged. It crashes into a derelict tower block. Oh, God. Things get even worse. Yeah, Amtrak's leg is trapped under the wreckage. There's no hope for him. Just take the sword and go. Like, seriously, leave me, take the sword, get that demon off this planet, and fucking fix the shit, Mm -hmm. random woman that I've met. Exactly. Next episode, Unlikely Rescue. Man. We turned down... It started fine. I'm even, I'm even like, I'll be bought in on the girl. Like, you want to bring in, like, random case of the not gays, that's fine. (laughs) Right? Like, it's gonna happen, I guess. Mm -hmm. But... Like, was it, I don't, I, I'm curious to see where it goes, because so far it just feels kind of, kind of like it got tacked on. Well, I, I gotta say, I don't know if I'm liking this new direction for, um, Return to Armageddon, you know? Now it's become sort of a straight-up fantasy story guy with a magic, you know, reg- handsome dude, yeah. magic sword, love interest, we're on this weird place, we gotta fight this demon. You know, that's sort of, 
It's it's missing just the sheer unexpected batshitness of the first half of the first part of the story, you know? Yeah. Like and it, like why not beat it with science and sci-fi? Yeah, and I, not just like a fucking sword and yeah, ice. At this point I feel like I can a little bit more predict what's going to happen as opposed to yeah. the first part where just everything mounted on was like what? 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 Now it's like, okay, I got, I got an idea. I've seen that. Now I've seen this part of the movie before. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm still definitely stoked to see how it works out. Return to Armageddon remains, the art remains really awesome and the story is, is oh, still course. very fun. So I'm, I'm excited. And to also, see how it goes. he's finally a human, so we don't have to look at Sludge Man. A I lot. like Although the melty so version, man. Sludge Man. I love the idea of that. Like, why did you know? You don't, you don't have to be a handsome hero. You could be an ugly sludge man and still fight for justice or something. I don't know. I mean, yes, it's true. He was invulnerable and in yeah. an eternal world of pain. Yeah, you know, up, you know, sw- swings and roundabout. That, that's what I say. But uh, <laughs> episode sixty-four, progs two hundred and ten to two hundred and fourteen. May 1981. Thrill 4. Return to Armageddon. Script robot Malcolm Shaw. Art robot Jesus Redondo. Lettering robot Bill Nuttall. Okay. (laughs) So, Amtrak, our hero, he's stuck under debris being eaten by metal-eating locusts. While the robot seeker is stuck in a big ice cube and Eve's trying to help him. Luckily, the locusts eat the debris and Amtrak, Eve, and seeker can all escape doing that standard sort of jump thing as the ship explodes behind them. <laughs> While Amtrak carries the frozen yeah. uh, body. Yeah, Seeker, robot. robot. <laughs> Seeker's unfrozen. The trio heads out to find Eve's people to form an army. They sneak through a ruined ap- apartment block and run into survivors that claim they have found Sanctuary, which is a mythical place free from the terror of hell on Earth. But then it's revealed... <laughs> That these guys are actually lying, literal lying snakes. Oh, uh, uh, and in in true fashion of what I love about Seeker, Seeker, by the way, hashtag best character, 1981. Um, <laughs> like, uh, just as like, before anyone can say anything, he's like, no, I'm just going to kill these dudes. And they're like, oh, why'd you do that? And he's like, they're snakes. And they start like, hissing around. And it's like, whoa, they were snakes. Good call, this buddy. Is, this is how I just want everyone to remember. Seeker solves a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Seeker's like, oh, I'll just shoot these things. Or, oh, I'll just lie. Like it's Definitely. Guy is so cool. Goes around corners like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, listen, this could be a plot situation. Or I could just fix this for us. Mm-hmm. So the team infiltrates a hell tower. Sneaking past the undead, but definitely not zombies. We can't call them zombies. No siree. Guards. They're the undead. (laughs) And find Eve's people. They're all slaves locked up in cages like human veal. Whoa. Oh, man. They're like cattle. Yeah. Amtrak uh, begins the assault on the slave pens. You know. Icing over all the demons he sees. Uh, Seeker unlocks the cages, and despite having been locked away, the people are pissed off and ready to fight. They yep. 
come under laser fire, which Amtrak ably absorbs with his sword and shoot backs at and shoots back at them. It's he, he's getting superpowers every panel. Yeah, it's good. He's got a very Superman kind of sword. It's a hand to hand fight now, and the rage of the newly freed slaves carries the day. Looking inside himself, Amtrak discovers another new power and magically creates some badass swords and shields for his new army. It's time to fight. There's some Thundercat shit going on with him just being able to channel his... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of swords lifted overhead. Old magical power. Yeah, something. <laughs> Whatever. Meanwhile, at Sanctuary, they're getting word of this revolt, and it worries the three remaining human leaders of this world, our old buddies, the Space Pirates, Havoc, Snakebite, and Shadow. That's pretty good. Yeah, the... uh the three free humans have organized a troop of Hell's Angels, who are giant bat demon guys, to take down Amtrak and his army. But they want Amtrak alive, you know, as you do when you're sort of an evil ruler guy. Yeah, the, no problem. So, yeah. you know, Conrad, how do you fight a bunch of bat dudes that can't see, and you're a ragtag, ragamuffin group of dudes with swords and shields, I guess, just create a mirror phalanx yeah it's good you know well first one of them grabs amtrak right away and flies off but then <laughs> the, the army yeah creates sort of a dome of shields that protects them from attack and then creates a cool magical light that kills all these bat dudes yeah, um, it's pretty uh it's pretty, pretty handy device yeah only one survives and that's the one carrying amtrak off to meet with havoc amtrak creates a glowing sky snowflake to show where he his up uh, progress and everyone just follows that in a weird like pseudo uh, christmas story like kind old, of thing yeah, yeah old testament christmas story thing <laughs> yeah the hell's angels the hell's angel i should say carries amtrak back to havoc as amtrak taunts the beast he's carried to sanctuary and havoc takes his takes amtrak's sword and starts monologuing as we see a, a view screen of the human army rampaging across this hellscape in a rage, Havoc attacks Amtrak. Oh, but it looks like his sword freezes both ways, and the former space pirate is encased in a block of ice. Can't just use a magical ice sword, man, if you're not the ice sword owner. You gotta but be a good don't guy. Worry because you know? I guess suddenly devil. Yeah, with the mid boss down, Amtrak gets no respite <laughs> as he's suddenly confronted by the Destroyer! Bad news, yeah. I guess. The two brothers show down at last. The Destroyer makes his opening move, which is basically setting every cell of Amtrak's body on fire. That's a strong opening move. <laughs> Only the voice yeah. of the triad in Amtrak's head helps him survive. Uh, but then that's, like, severed. Yeah. Uh, and some shit happens, Exactly, yeah. Meanwhile, Eve's Seeker and the human army are winning the battle against the forces of evil, pulling down statues and stuff. It's going pretty good. Until suddenly, there's an earthquake. It echoes like laughter, and then the reign of fire begins. So, like, I got a question. You. The cute girl mm -hmm. who, like, fell in the earthquake, you know? Yeah. With with her buddy Seeker. Yeah, even Seeker. Where did she get her earrings? Like, if this is... She got a lot of cultural stuff for people who have been completely sl food slaves for demons for the last 30 years. It's true. I yeah. can't answer these questions. <laughs> I just a, just a curiosity, yeah. I guess. But so the army burns and dies around even Seeker, who for some reason are not hurt by this rain of fire, at least until the ground gives way beneath them and they fall deep into the earth. 
Well, love interest in best bro, you know? Yeah. Amtrak sees all this on the view screen as he kneels to the destroyer's feet. The demon asks Amtrak if he has any last words, and he does. Amtrak begs the destroyer not to kill him. Instead, please let him join him. Let him join the destroyer. Oh, gasp. Uh, what could happen next, Prague? Decepticon. Deception. Yeah, I think we telegraph that a little bit. <laughs> I just... Uh... Fox. I mean, we got this pretty quick. I'm not loving Escape from Armageddon so much anymore, man. Return to Armageddon, buddy. But oh, right, God damn it. Um, hey, serious question though. Return to Armageddon ends next next episode. Fox, mm. can you guess the surprise twist ending of Return to Armageddon? Uh, I'm gonna guess. All mm-hmm. right. So he's like, oh, I'm I'm totally with you, and then the bad guy's like, oh. Fuck, that's pretty good because two's better than one, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Nah, bitch!" And then either A stabs him and shit's great, or B uh-huh. kills himself and then figures out that that kills the guy, Ooh. and then everything's fine. Interesting. All right, we'll see how it goes. Episode sixty-five, Progs two hundred and fifteen to two hundred and eighteen, June nineteen eighty-one. Thrill four, return to Armageddon. So, script robot Malcolm Shaw, art robot Jesus Redondo, letting robot Bill Nuttall. So, the Destroyer. So, the, the we, we start with Amtrak groveling at the Destroyer's feet. The Destroyer is stoked that Amtrak wants to join him, but he's not dumb. He wants Amtrak to prove his loyalty. Dude. And then, uh, the snake guy, I thought he turned into snakes. Well, yeah, the, by them. yeah. The prospect of the two twins becoming uh, joining up makes the two remaining space pirates, Snakebite and Shadow, nervous. Snakebite decides to run off. The destroyer overhears him and then animates all of his tattoos and snake hair and stuff, and then he just dies in a big old pile of snakes. <laughs> Seems horrible. Yeah. To prove his loyalty, um, the destroyer has Amtrak fly over to Even Seeker and has him kill Eve. Amtrak cr- tries to play it cool and be like, that's not a proof of loyalty. I don't even care about that lady. But the story is like, come on. But like then, hey, if you don't care about her, there'll be no problem to kill her. All right. How about that? Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's been following you around, you dingle. Yeah. Don't cut her head off. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, uh, the Hell's Angel looks at, looks on as Amtrak raises his sword and cuts off Eve's head. It's all off screen, oh. but that's pretty cool. It just decapitates this woman while she's like, what the hell? Yeah, in theory, but it turns out to just be a fake out anyway, dude, because Amtrak uses that dang time belt to revive her. <laughs> um, after a talk with Seeker, Amtrak realizes how to defeat the Destroyer. He'll have to win by sheer force of will. Uh, yeah. Later, Amtrak arrives at Sanctuary with Seeker and an alive Eve, and then goes after... And then, sorry, and then after the demon sends the Hell's Angel to the Burning Sea as punishment, Amtrak puts his plan into motion. He grabs the Destroyer, and the two of them suddenly merge into one. Oh my god. Also, just quick shout out to the Burning Sea for being a giant mass of hungry people. Yeah, it's burning oil full of un- undying people. We're like, oh, that hell's angel. Let's rip them piece to piece. Piece for piece. Mm-hmm. And eat them up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the destroyer is distracted and Eve must strike them both down. She's worried about killing Amtrak along with the destroyer. Will she strike? I, I do like how 
the way that he just kind of merges with the destroyer is by giving him a little forehead nuzzle. Yeah, like, hey, buddy. gives him a hug and a cuddle, and then they merge bodies. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't beat the force of love. Mm-hmm. Eve will Whatever. strike. She encases the two-headed destroyer in an amalgam of ice, and she and Seeker lug the frozen hero and villain to, um, aboard their, st- their this star, sorry, they, they lug him aboard this star crystal thing that like Amtrak made to mark his location a couple of progs ago, but I, I don't really think we, we, we mentioned that much, but whatever. Uh, um, it's just, it's a thing, it came down, they yeah, didn't have a, a spaceship, now they do, yeah, it's a sn- snowflake spaceship thing. Uh, the final space pirate, Shadow, tries to escape as well, but he's killed by the massive snakes that ate Snakebite. One of which also stows away with Eve and Seeker. This uh, will not be important later, but it will be a like wink and a nudge, I guess. Yep, this is where they start uh, teasing the end of this story, incidentally. Um, if, if you've already caught up and figured it out, I mean... Uh. <laughs> um, so, they go to the Stones of Eternity and meet with the Triads. They restore Amtrak to life and congratulate him on a job well done. And they congratulate the Triad Matrix for winning the game with a phenomenally low score. Only a hundred planets destroyed. Wait, uh, score? Game? What's going on here? Uh, so, it turns out that the Triads are all giant, all-powerful, like, children playing games with the lives of all of us mere mortals. Like, in their sort of trans-dimensional ultra-powerful, outside-of-time basement, while, you know, and then they have to leave because their parents come and tell them to knock it off. <laughs> it, it's like, oh yeah, the entire universe was made, just, this is a video game. Just a board game. Just the, just the board. board game, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of, but yeah, sorry, the universe is the board for our game, that's what I mean to say. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, It's going to start again with a destroyer being found and the whole drama playing out anew. It's a bloody outrage. I sued Yeah, it is. Yeah. From the mortal point of view, though, that won't happen for another, like, hun- like thousand generations or something like that. So, um, or sorry, hundreds of generations. Yeah. So Amtrak and Eve are at liberty to do whatever they want. They, Seeker, and that stowaway snake all fly to a cool new planet <laughs> that Seeker's robot buddies have stocked with cool animals from their sort of, uni- you know... They're sort of building a, a space zoo as time goes by. Um, <laughs> you know. Seeker goes to rejoin his, his people, and Amtrak resolves to teach his descendants that the game against the Triad is a huge farce. This time, they'll be ready. Even Amtrak... Listening, she's eating an apple. Yeah. Even Amtrak head off to repopulate the human race, but he's tired of that name, the name of a Triad. Instead... Call him Adam. Whoa! Bam, bam, bam! God. It was all a dumb video game, and these guys are actually Adam and Eve, and that snake's not a not a metaphorical snake about Satan, but a literal snake created by Satan to kill his <laughs> space pirate buddies. Uh, wow! Uh, no. Nah. Uh, this ends lame, buddy. <laughs> I don't I, like I mean, it. I guess in true fashion to what we had said before, when right. we really loved this comic, um, I mean, I didn't see it going here. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see, you know, we didn't see it coming, really, but it's still like, you know, I don't know. 
Like uh, it's a game. Like the all this weird stuff is explained by it just being a game played by all powerful space beings is like like a cop out if you ask me. I mean, I know that you asked me like how this may have ended. Yeah, uh, I forget what I said, but I'm like, oh, you know, it'll be fairly generic, right? Like, which I don't know if I'm more fine with that or more fine with this. Like, <laughs> I when I when I was reading through it. Uh, I was just like shaking my head, just like this is how you're gonna end it. Yeah, like, like it's it's feels like um, God. Some people are just not gonna get this. It feels like, are you afraid of the dark? Like, oh, you're actually just trapped inside of a giant pinball machine. Yeah. Oh, uh, the ghost is released by, I guess, just turning the flu of this thing, and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why there's that's why they're air horns. This is a, this is a big future shock ending, you know. It, this thing was kind of a big future shock. Remember when he was just a melty man? Yeah, and like, and like shit was just blowing up and getting weird. And, yeah, he was oh, man. freeing himself by by giving robots a way to rebel against humans and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Glory this days. is just like I I just don't know, man. Mm-hmm. This I don't know how I feel about Return to Armageddon <laughs> anymore. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's it. an it's interesting stance. One. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so that's the end of Return to Armageddon. Uh, it's it's Malcolm Shaw's only 2000 AD work, as far as I know. But uh, really? Jesus Redondo will stick around for a while. He's mostly going to draw future shots from here on out. Um, that's crap. The art in this is great. Yeah, he's real good. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, the first and second act of Return to Armageddon are so good and weird and crazy and stuff. But honestly... I feel like this is the problem of stories that are really crazy and mysterious. Like, once you kind of start getting information and you kind of figure out why things are happening, it ends up just morphing into the, into a, a plain old story, you know? Like, once okay. it gets solidified, yeah. it, it loses the weird, mysterious stuff that actually made it great. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, maybe they just went, like, way too broad on the whole thing, or or just having it be the devil taking over an entire planet, as opposed to, we gotta find this spaceship or some shit, yeah. would have been a little more interesting. I, I don't know. I, like, end it earlier, I guess, because this went on for way too long, and yeah, it got I mean, way too weird. I mean, just an immortal melty guy sort of wandering the Earth and dealing with, um weird future stuff that would have been good you know yeah but uh you know move to the i mean you kind of have to get to the showdown and stuff like that and that's sort of the hard part you know it just didn't feel that way because all he had was a fucking ice sword that made up powers mm-hmm. and a belt that he could press a thousand times like it, yeah, it once, didn't matter it did kind of lower the stakes a little bit once you found out that there was basically no consequences for using the time belt a ton <laughs> anyway Anyway, Mixed feelings, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'd suggest it. Don't know if I wouldn't suggest it. I mean, it's uh, there's a collected version of it if you want to check it out. Like, definitely, yeah. man. The first, yeah, the first two acts, um, especially that that middle act, Ramtrak's melty and just everything's going crazy is um, is real good. Damn, yeah. Just in terms of like not knowing what's going to happen, of things being interesting and exciting, and the possibilities being really cool, you know. Like, finding, finding a robot friend who will just blow up your problem. <laughs> I mean, I'd love the story of like getting in-depth on a robot rebellion that's based around the fact that one robot knows how to lie and can teach other <laughs> robots how to do it. Like That sounds really neat, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyhow, Fox, speaking of things that are melty, like Amtrak and <laughs> Act 2, 
of uh, of Meltdown Man and of us not being able to use this transition anymore, which I'm really bummed oh. about. I gotta say, I'm gonna miss it. Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, we've returned from Armageddon. Though that's it from the Return to Armageddon crew, Jesus Redondo would continue to do art in 2000 AD, especially in Future Shocks. This is Malcolm Shaw's final work in 2000 AD, though he also wrote some of the earliest Dread stories, and you can find him in the recent Misty collections where he wrote um, pretty much all the stories. There's one by Pat Mills, but the rest are by Malcolm Shaw in those. Anyhow, my top Return to Armageddon moments... Definitely the first one is Amtrak getting hit by the double whammy from the adversary and the long-term effects of that. Like we said in the show, it's it's pretty brave storytelling to embrace having your main character becoming an, e- an injured, pitiful wreck. Like, bringing your hero to please kill me levels of pain and then just keeping him alive and even having him get a job taking advantage of his disfigured, immortal state? That's amazing! And then, based on that, I'll also mention Jesus Redondo's art. We saw this when he did art for Wolfie Smith as well, but his ability to draw evil characters as twisted and deformed by that evil is really on display in Return to Armageddon, and contrasts with Amtrak appearing ugly despite his pure heart. The variety of things in Return to Armageddon, from spaceships to robots to burning cities to demonic armies, is amazing, and really lets you see the width of Redondo's ability. Finally, I want to give a shout-out to Seeker, the anti-social robot that accompanies Amtrak in the middle of the story, and is always willing to just shoot problems in the face, and in a top 2018 moment, teaches the robots of Earth to lie, ensuring their eventual triumph over the human race, which is amazing. Return to Armageddon reaches its true height when he joins the team, and starts heading downhill when he leaves in the final in, in the third act. And look, I don't like the end of Return to Armageddon. It's a straight-up Future Shock ending, air horns and all. Literally, as the Ad- and I mean literally so, as the Adam and Eve punchline is one of Alan Moore's early Future Shocks as the world ends, and there's two people named Adam and Eve in it. Once Antrek has returned to handsomeness, the story is in trouble. The actual return to Armageddon is okay, I guess. It's still sort of disappointing, as we laid out in our initial coverage. What makes this story so interesting is how unpredictable it is, how it seems anything can happen, and how dangerous the story feels. Even though the actual danger of the story increases when Amtrak heads to the world of demons, it then just becomes this sort of bland, chosen one fantasy story. And while those are are indeed rare in 2000 AD terms, to me, it just feels like the normal beats of fantasy literature as the story goes on. The one thing I will say for the ending is that at least it is another surprise. Though the gods are actually kids playing a game and where Adam and Eve isn't the greatest of endings, it, at least it's something. And while, and while that's extremely faint praise, I still think this story is a fun one and a great example of long-term storytelling for 2000 AD in the early 80s. I must say, I would have loved to just kept it going on with a ugly immortal Amtrak and Seeker rolling through the galaxy for the next couple years. I wouldn't be against a story of just seeing that, like a uh, a robot rebellion story that uh, see- that has fi- finds its start at that part of Return to Armageddon. All that stuff would be great. Um, untapped uh, p- p- potential there for sure. So what do you think of Return to Armageddon? It's certainly not the best known of the early thrills, but I think it deserves a seat at the thrill table. 
Let me know what you think by email at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, just look up spacespinner2000 and we should be there. I'll try to get some art for the comic up on those sites so you can enjoy Redondo's work. It's really amazing. And you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. And for everyone out there, thanks for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with more awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for Return to Armageddon. Splendid Earthwig!